I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Cornetto. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate. Hello and welcome to a special coronavirus society slowdown edition of the Spool podcast where myself and Pork are virtually at other sides of Dublin City but we're chatting here on video chat and we're just going to over the next little while we're going to do a couple of podcasts I guess uh, to compensate for not being able to go to the cinema about a couple of films we've seen what we're watching at home all that kind of thing so um, I'm Nigel Wheatley and of course with Pork McGill as always hey Pork hey how's it going it's going very, very good. And also a special shout out to producer Lisa, uh, who's helping us out uh, with the remote recording. She's uh, she's our techie for the day. Out there with a the satellite dish up on the roof and she's got a coat hanger in the other hand and boom mics on a end of a brush handle. She's doing a great job. Anyway, so um, yeah, so what we've decided to do and feel free to just pause the podcast, go away, come back in a couple of days if um, it appeals. But what we have done is we've taken the film American Psycho, which is 20 years old uh this month pretty much um i think so yeah and it's on netflix at the moment so it's pretty handy to get unless you own like a vhs copy of it exactly so this is a film that's 20 years old directed by mary harren um and adapted from the brett easton ellis um novel from i think 1991 and it features Christian Bale. It's one of these which we actually, I was really surprised you hadn't seen it and I hadn't seen it either, which I think I was alluding to a little bit. It's one of those where you're kind of not quite ashamed to say you haven't seen it because it's a lot of pop culture references in it. But Yeah, it was kind of one of those films where if it was in a list, you'd probably say, oh yeah, I've seen that. Because like you've seen the classic clips and I was very much aware of the film. Like my brothers had the book and you were kind of conscious being like, oh, I can't read that book. It's very much like an adult book because we were both, what, 14 then when the film came out? Yeah. So there's no way yeah. we saw it when it came out. That would have been very yeah. irresponsible. Yeah, but then didn't break into that thing of being like a DVD essential in the way... Because if you think this was coming out at that time when the likes of Fight Club and The Matrix were in everyone's house and everyone had those um, on DVD. Mm. But um, anyway, so here we are. So Christian Bale is a wealthy New York City investment banking executive kind of person it's sort of got the wall street kind of vibe set in 1989 they've got the big chunky phones they're all obsessed with um their own kind of masculine consumer identity it's all about you know who they're who they're dating where what restaurants they're booking and all that kind of thing um patrick bateman Kristen bale's character is uh in some way I guess mentally ill in some way and he but he hides that kind of psychopathic ego from his friends and his fiance. Um but then we see that he uh at night time allows that to drift into a bit of the old murdering and po- sort of fantasy violence. It's a pretty heavy hitting cast as well in all his kind of co stars. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I think what's most interesting, you watched it on Netflix. What did the poster on Netflix look like for you? It was kind of that classic Christian Bale with the, from a side angle, holding like a butcher knife. Okay. So my poster had Reese Witherspoon in it. So I, myself, and Carol, um, my wife, uh, share the same Netflix account because we share the whole account with my sister and we pay, we divide it all by about five. So yeah. we've one individual profile. So she watches way more than I do. So our algorithm is completely goosed. But we, our poster for American Psycho had Reese Witherspoon in it. That's mad. Clearly because they know. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so that was kind of funny. So we might just take a little bit of a clip from it. Um, one of the most iconic ones that has gotten a lot of memes and funny stuff, um, it's my pick for a clip. I don't know if you picked a clip, but the one I want to go through is, um, and you can just look this up on YouTube more than anything, but um, it's the business card uh, scene. So it's where um, Patrick and some of his colleagues are all comparing their business cards and it's just very 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 strange hopefully it'll work as well on radio but just have a look youtube um american psycho business card if you want to see it new card what do you think oh very nice look at that picked them up from the printers yesterday good coloring that's bone and the lettering is something called cillian braille it's very cool bateman but that's nothing Look at this. That is really nice. Eggshell with Romalian type. What do you think? Nice. Jesus. <laughs> that is really super. How do nitwit like you get so tasteful? <laughs> I can't believe that Bryce prefers Van Patten's card to mine. Very nice. Sort of off-white. I, we've been painting our house during this... Uh, coronavirus uh, social slowdown lockdown things so um we've had conversation about white paint so i quite enjoyed uh, when we were watching the film um the discussion on the different shades of white that the business cards have and the thing with the business card as well i i noticed when i was watching the film and i was like they all say vice president because i was like is that why he killed paul allen because he was the vice president and he wanted to be but then i noticed like all the business cards have vice president and i was looking up on imdb and that's one of the trivia things that like they're all the vice president of Pierce and Pierce. Yeah. Um, overall, then, did you like it? I very much had it in my head that it's a darkly kind of comic satire. So I kind of was going in like, this is going to be funny. And there were parts of it I thought that were absolutely hilarious. Um, like I loved his lot, a lot of his small throwaway lines where a lot of his lines to get out of meeting people was like, I have to return some uh, videotapes. I was like, that's hilarious. And like the Huey, um, Huey Lewis in the news as we dance montage that apparently was totally improvised. That kind of made me laugh. So certainly as it goes on, there are a lot more darker elements to it, but kind of cross-referencing. I haven't read the book, but kind of reading up about the book. The book is a lot more kind of horrible the character's a lot more unlikable he's a lot more like homophobic racist sexist and there's a lot more scenes of torture and stuff in it so i think they definitely even though the film is as extreme as it is they've definitely kind of watered it down to make it more like mainstream mightn't be the word but you know more kind of like you can actually digest this in a an hour and 45 minute format like yeah i'm curious about what um rating it got at the time because like it's Actually, if it was done now, it would probably like the violence isn't that extreme or the pornography. Mm. Um, so I'd say it may well have only been like, you know, 15A or something. I don't know. It probably was 18. But yeah. if it was revisited now, I wonder um, what it would what it would have. I'm looking. Yeah. The BBFC in the UK did give it an 18 yeah. um, at the time. I think in the States it got an NC-17, which was like the death knell. So then it got a few cuts and came down to an or rating so that wasn't too bad because there is one scene which i presume is in the book but it kind of ends up being more scary because when he's with the two prostitutes and then there's a scene where he just pulls out a hanger and like some kind of a blade 
and you're just like, what the hell is going to go on here? But they'd cut away and then it kind of leaves it even creepier or scarier or something. Yeah. Um, one of the interesting things then that some people have kind of uh, reflected on is obviously with it approaching its anniversary, there's a couple of articles online, interviews with Mary Harn, the director, just talking about is the, does it still hold up? Is it relevant? I'd say probably right now, um, the whole like as Donald Trump gets a shout out and that thing of yeah Ivanka Trump is that her yeah yeah like he looks out the window and it's like is that Donald Trump um so I do think that that thing of like people really hating bankers uh yuppies and like you know financial executives which happened during a recession 10 years ago again when bankers were vilified um that's probably going to happen again and that sort of thing of inequality in in American society um, and global society, obviously, like I do really think that that holds up now, like you are sickened by them being in the restaurants, being so cruel to the um, to the service staff, to the woman in the in the working in the club. Uh, obviously, treatment of prostitutes is a completely different thing. Treatment of women in general in the whole thing is absolutely yeah um, ridiculous. I didn't know Chloe Savigny was in it, but um, how he handles her is kind of just horrific there's a scene where she's his secretary in the office and uh he's like don't wear that uh you can do better than that uh wear Mm. heels i like heels okay end of and it's actually so similar it's actually worse probably than what you would have seen roger and don draper and stuff in mad men um talk about so in a way i guess some of that feels a little dated now compared to 30 years ago um, but it's probably just manifests itself in a different way, probably. Yeah, true. And like we had the whole Me Too movement. So it seems like, yeah, that probably was still going on and is still going on in certain circles. And so it does feel like it doesn't feel like, oh, this is a million years ago. Like the film set in 1987, it kind of is dated because of that Ronald Reagan speech at the end. I think the book is set in 1989. But, like, there's an interesting thing, I think, then, with Chloe Sevigny. She plays Jean, his secretary, where she's almost the only one that's spared because it's kind of seen like she doesn't go in for this whole fake, you know, booze and absolute vapid kind of lifestyle. So she's almost, yeah. Yeah, and she's not a model. She's not uh, She's not as kind of vacuous and image-obsessed either because she wears, you know more dresses down a little bit maybe is that what yeah so that's how you interpret it yeah kind of that they can tell that she's kind of like from the whole thing yeah just kind of a better person so she manages to escape um it's got a pretty banging soundtrack uh yeah john kale um of uh just the kind of composer and um, independent musician and velvet underground person uh yeah i think i was kind of reading up a lot of stuff where a lot of music was allowed in the film but then it was pulled from the soundtrack because obviously when the film came out and the artists saw it they were like yeah no we don't want our music on that soundtrack so there was a thing where the soundtrack was just released with it on and then it had to get pulled and a load of copies recalled and then it re-released but i presume there's a if you have a spotify there's like a proper here's every song that featured in the the film kind of within it yeah um yeah we were like i was we watch it here and I think by the end of it, I was like, ugh, didn't like feel a bit grubby. That wasn't even, it wasn't, to me at the, right after watching it, I felt like, well, that wasn't really funny enough to justify it being like a legendary dark comedy. It wasn't kind of creepy enough or um, to be, you know, much of a sort of social horror um, and just actually 
didn't say enough about society or women or money or blah, 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 blah to really stick with me. But then I did a little bit of thinking about it, a bit of reading about it. And it came back, I came back round to it then. But um, I don't know. I landed anyway on the three, three stars. Where would you go? Yeah, for me, I kind of give it a four. Um, like, I do think it is kind of a great satire of that kind of vapid, horrible kind of culture. And Christian Bale is fantastic in it. But then Pardy is like, because this was kind of his big breakout role. And then everything subsequent almost feels like a version of this in some lesser format. Like, you're like, ah, maybe he didn't have to dig that deep to, to access this kind of uh, character and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, like, I don't think I'd I'd watch it again. Like, but, No, um, no need to watch it again. I appreciated it for what it was. like. Yeah, but but I'm glad I saw it from a pop culture point of view. Um, how much of it, how would you interpret the ending um, uh, in terms of fantasy, visuals and... What do you think? Yeah, I was kind of reading on that. I kind of like to see it more that, well, not like, but I kind of think that it's it's a darker story if that he did do all the stuff he said, but just because he's white, he's rich and he's privileged that he just got away with it and nobody cared because the people he killed were like women and some of them were prostitutes and homeless people. Um, Did you recognize the homeless guy he killed? Uh, is he in? Is he an actor who's in This Is Us? And a few things like that. Oh, he could be. What I kind of noticed him from, he's uh, Freddie, the uh, wing guy from House of Cards. His name's uh, Reggie Carthy. The guy from the diner. Yeah, yeah. Ah, very good, very good. So to me, that's kind of darker because he gets away with it. But I know it's kind of open to interpretation. And like towards the end, it gets very much into fantasy stuff where like he's getting money out of an atm and it's like yeah feed me a cat and he revisits an apartment which had been i actually took that as a literal thing that um the apartment building you probably might have read some of these bits as well like but where the apartment building would have just wanted to hide all those bodies this was new york in the 80s which was a lot of criminal activity so they there was dead bodies there but rather than call the police to just get rid of them paint the apartment sell it <laughs> um and put it back yeah, in the market yeah. anyway so that's it so you're a four star i'm a three star so it's on netflix in the uk and ireland i think it's on um amazon in elsewhere before we finish talking on this there's some mad kind of pre-development stuff because it was uh it came out so the book came out and is based in uh, 1989 it was published in 1991 and the kind of rights were bought in 1992 so there was so many kind of directors and Patrick Bateman's kind of linked. So at one point, Oliver Stone was going to direct with Leonardo DiCaprio as uh, Patrick Bateman. But he was looking for too much money. He wanted like $21 million to play it. Then we also had um, Brad Pitt was going to play the role. And it, that was linked with director David Cronenberg, which uh, would have been mad. So it's it's kind of one of these really long has had been in the works for ages and then finally the right team were made and there's a cool bit of trivia that reese witherspoon uh, gave christian bale his oscar in uh, 2011 for the fighter there's your bit of trivia very good very good uh cool all right so other than american psycho what uh, else have you been watching in this weird era that we're now living yeah in? so the main thing is we uh, got a subscription to disney plus because it's quite cheap, like it was worked out at about, I think it was 50, 60 euro for the year. 
Um, but then as I was watching stuff on it, I realized like, oh yeah, this is actually just for kids. There is no adult content in it. Because I watched the film uh, Adventures in Babysitting. It's kind of like a teen film from the 80s uh, that I'd heard a lot about but had never seen. Mm-hmm. But realized as we were watching it, it had been cut to ribbons, like all bad language was taken out of it. And I was like, what? And then, so there's certain stuff like that. And then when you're kind of scrolling through the stuff that was on it, um, you're like, oh yeah, this is really just for kids. So I'm kind of using it mainly to watch The Simpsons and old Spider-Man and X-Men cartoons. But we did watch uh, the new version of Aladdin. Uh, which stars Will Smith, and it was actually pretty decent. It was directed by um oh god, what's his name? Uh, do do do, Lockstock Guy Ritchie. Guy uh, Ritchie, and man. it's not too bad. Um, so like that was kind of worth a watch. And then the other thing of note, you probably saw this in cinema when it came out, was Salt. Salt's amazing. Yeah, Angelina Jolie. That's on Disney Plus. No, no, this is on Netflix. Um, it's so good. Just wanted kind of a brainless action film. And we're watching it and I was like, all right, well, this is obviously not going to be the thing. And then you're like, oh, it is the thing. And I was like, cool, this is mad. Then there's lots of twists and turns and it kind of wraps up nicely. Like, you know. Yeah, I remember it and Hannah, the um, was a Joe Wright film with Saoirse Ronan, both coming out at a similar kind of time. And um, I don't know, it's it's hard to beat like a good female led, not brainless, but like um, just straight up action film like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. there's meant to be the Black Widow one with Scarlett Johansson, which might it. They're probably trying to do it and look a bit. It looks a bit like Salt if you've seen the trailer. I don't know when the heck it's actually going to come out uh, with everything that's going on in the world, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of annoying me that that stuff isn't going straight to Disney Plus. Um, yeah, I don't know. What have you been watching? I have mo- mostly been watching TV. Watched the Platform, which is a Netflix um, film. It is a sort of a horror film set in a big i think oh what country is it uh kind of hard to describe because like it's a prison that you don't know anything about you just wake up some guy has um possibly signed up to go in there um for a period of time himself we don't he's on this platform when he wakes up there's another guy there there's a big hole in the middle of the room and this table floats down and there's leftovers of food on it. And you're just like, what? And you realize it's obviously built around this whole concept that this platform floats from the top of the building where it's it's got enough food for everyone and goes right down to the bottom, wherever, however many floors there are. So obviously, if everyone just ate a little bit, then there'd be enough for the people on the bottom. But obviously the people in floors, you know, one, two, three, four, five, blah, 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 at the top eat as much as they want. Um, and then further down, it's very much a stupid uh, kind of genre film, but easy, easy watching. And yeah, anybody um, of note in it? Uh, no, uh, all sort of Spanish people. No one I recognized um, in it. So it's called The Platform. It's, yeah, has you thinking and then you're like, oh, I don't know. There you go. And then another nicer one to watch, which I um, is on Amazon that you can get uh, Amazon Prime is Military Wives, which I think was meant to have a slightly better cinema release. I don't know. It completely passed me by whenever it was in cinema, but it's got um, Sharon Horgan and uh, Kirsten Scott Thomas as wives um, whose husbands are all in Afghanistan so maybe said about 15 years ago and these are women who live on base 
um, and they form a choir. Okay. So it's a bit like Sunshine on Leith, these kind of UK yeah. feel-good kind of films. So it's nice for the times that we live in if you're looking for something a bit like... Um, Did they win Britain's Got Talent or something? That could, Yeah, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah. Competing at the Albert Hall. Like, it's a, yeah, you know, lots of sort of like... Yeah. So um, there are two random ones I've, I've watched. I also watched Dark Waters, the Todd Haynes film. Um, and that was... That came out in cinema in February. It was on, yeah. on streaming stuff in the US now. And uh, yeah, it was... It, it's like a, it's an environmental thing with dirty water in like somewhere in in washington state sounds like a grim john grisham kind of novel yeah and mark ruffalo plays like the aaron brockovich style environmental lawyer and it was absolutely fine but such a weird thing for todd haynes who is one of my favorite directors and this is what he opts to do and so i don't know there must be some personal reason or maybe just a paycheck anyway but it's called dark waters um it's grand um but yeah have you been digging into much tv Oh, we're kind of making our way through Shit's Creek on Netflix. It's very good. So we're up to season five. Very good. I've dug back uh, to watch Friday Night Lights, the Peter Berg uh, TV series based on the film that he made um, about American football high school team in Texas. It's wonderful, very wholesome. It's like Dawson's Creek. Um, and yeah, it's a nice escape from exactly what's going on in the world. Um, so that's about it. So we'll see what else we watch in the next little while. You have something that you want to wrap up the podcast with? Yeah, so when I was doing a bit of reading about this, um, Christian Bale, uh, who plays Patrick Bateman, based his character on Tom Cruise. And it was a Tom Cruise interview that he did on Letterman round about... Uh, 1993 or something like that so i kind of found what i think is the clip and a specific part that he's referring to which is quite funny and a bit chilling at the same time Uh, he kind of said like you know tom cruise has got this huge intensity but he's like totally black behind the eyes and has got no soul um so yeah we're just going to close out with a clip from that and um yeah thanks for listening thanks for listening bye no but i you know i fly i'm a pilot and uh i was uh one time we were flying to Colorado and I was flying this airplane that we had to go on oxygen and the winds were better at a higher altitude so I, we climbed up and uh, I realized that we couldn't stay at that altitude if uh, on oxygen I had to descend because I didn't have enough oxygen mm-hmm. so I had a passenger in the back so we figured out you know me and the co-pilot that if we turned the oxygen off in the back guy that we could make it at this altitude <laughs> 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 you know, it wasn't dangerous or anything, you know. <laughs> so, now, what, now, what happened when you turned his oxygen he off? Felt, he was very quiet. He, felt, <laughs> he fell asleep. He fell asleep. <laughs> he slept the whole way. <laughs> I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Take one. Do you want anything from the shop? Call it out. Chocolate! It doesn't say anything about a chocolate, does it?